My name is Ariel. I moved to the U.S. at 19. I spoke no English and I struggled finding job opportunities. Everything I have, I owe to the Adult Literacy Center and getting my high school diploma at age 22. It was an honor helping you achieve your greatness. Now you're helping others achieve theirs. It inspires me. When you graduate, they graduate. Find free and supportive adult education centers near you at finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Money Making Conversations. It's the show that shares the secrets of success experienced firsthand by marketing and branding expert Rashawn McDonald. I will know. He's given me advice on many occasions, and in case you didn't notice, I'm not broke. You know he'll be interviewing celebrity CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. It's what he likes to do. It's what he likes to share. Now it's time to hear from my man, Rashawn McDonald. Money Making Conversations. Here we go. Ah, yes. Welcome to Money Making Conversations. As he said... This is Rashawn McDonald. Feeling good about, I'm feeling good about my life. You have to feel good about your life when you get. God is giving you an opportunity to see this day, this day, not your alarm clock. It was just some device because alarm clock, if you could go off and you could maybe not see that day, so it's not your alarm clock that's waking you up. Let's get that straight, right? It's it's just a mechanism in your life that you're setting to wake you up. Now. Speaking to myself, Rashawn, I get up at 4.15 every day. Sometimes I just get up before the alarm clock. So who woke me up then? It wasn't my alarm clock. So you got to understand the rules that we play in. When you have the right faith and believe in that faith, then you're going to get up on time. You listen to Money Making Conversation. It's my show. It's about entrepreneurship and entertainment. I provide the consumer and business owner access to celebrities, CEOs, entrepreneurs, and what they call industry decision makers. They, in turn, deliver information about career planning, motivation, financial literacy, and how they lead a balanced life. He's on the phone right here. I'm happy about this young man. Um, you know, if you, if you follow him on YouTube or you listen to me, I follow him on YouTube. So I got a lot of views on YouTube. When I need him, I can go to YouTube and get him. But I got him on the phone today. My next guest is a chart-topping gospel recording artist who is a three-time Grammy Award nominee. He's an 11-time Stellar Award winner a Dove Award winner, a Billboard Music Award winner. His latest album is Broken Record. This is his fourth album. It will be released on Friday, November 1st of this year. And please welcome to Money Making Conversation, my man, Travis Green. Yo, what's up, Sean? <laughs> I'm doing great. First of all, Travis, where are you from? Where, where were you born and where, where did you grow up at? Uh, born Delaware, first few years Germany, primarily. Um, I grew up in Georgia, the state of Georgia, and um, now I'm in South Carolina. So cool. kind of all over now. Yeah, you're uh, you southern boy, keeping them southern roots, South Carolina. Good food down there in South yeah. Carolina. 
Good food. For sure, baby. I'm shouting to my roots, man, <laughs> all day long. Now, let me ask you this. You know, I'm going to tell you this. As a gospel music artist, uh, you mm-hmm. can I can I say you're, you're, you're different from anyone that... <laughs> I, I'm going to just say to me, Rashawn McDonald. You know, you know, a lot of people know I, I managed Steve Harvey. So Steve and I did, uh, you know, the gospel celebration for like 13 straight years. So I, I'm deeply yeah. rooted in watching gospel performers, you know. And um, yeah. and so in my in my beliefs and in my understanding. Now, tell me, what is your style before we really get into the interview? And then I'm going to give you my impressions because I'm impressed. First of all, I'm impressed. And I'm a big fan. Wow. So let me just say that. Wow, so anything you say... Nothing negative is going to come out of my mouth about you. I'm just going to let you know wow. what I see, but I want to hear what you are, what you feel you're projecting, and I'm going to tell you the greatness that I see. Yeah, I would say, man, it, first of all, if I had to cap it all in, in a word, I'll say energy, man. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm very passionate about what I do. It's energetic. Um, and I think it's, it's theology, you know, it's like biblical truth, but in a digestible format. And that's really what I've been gifted to do, to take these ideas about God, uh, I like to call a revelation um, of who he is, and present it in a melodic form that's catchy, that's easy to, uh, that's approachable yes. for the listener, yes. um, but but hopefully life-changing once the word really get inside of you. And so that, that's my style, man. Well, it's a beautiful style. Now tell me, who is your audience? My audience is, is really diverse. Believe it or not. And no, I, I believe it. No, 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 no. No, Travis, I believe it. Okay? <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I didn't know until I went out on tour, man, because, you know, we don't tour in churches. We tour in clubs. Right. So mm-hmm. when I'm on tour, we're doing theaters and bars and stuff like that. And it's super diverse, man. I mean, you got, you got you know, my, my family in the room. You got blacks. You got, um, but then you got whites and you yeah. got Hispanics and I think the music is just in such a way that um, it doesn't really matter people's skin tone. They can really kind of take it in um, and they get, you know, they get caught into the energy of, of what we're presenting. So it, it's really cool, man. Yeah, it's really, uh, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing, first of all. And uh, because of the fact that you, 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 you're, you're doing the same lyrics that other African-American artists are doing. But it's, sometimes it just re- theirs is just resonating in general. Is resonating with the African American yeah. community. Now your music yeah. and your tone is kind of like almost a little rock and roll. It's kind of like I won't say rock and roll because it's not that hard, but it's almost. If I had to put yeah. a style on it, it reminds me of and this uh, Hootie and the Blowfish, Darius Rucker. It's like watching him. It's, it's like watching him, and and I don't think that's a negative thing to say because he had that yeah, same. Nah, nah, he had that same ability to have a crossover audience. You know, the diversity of people yeah. out there appealing to his music even though he was an African-American, and he was just singing from the heart. Relatable music, like you were saying, but yours just happened to be gospel. Yeah, he was a South Carolina boy, too, so it makes sense. Absolutely. I'm very relatable. <laughs> and so, no, now, yeah, yeah, here's sure. the thing, because, you know, I, I'm reading your bio, and, I, and like I said, uh, we, before, uh, before you got into music, you know, here you are at Georgia Southern, you know, and the yep. business management degree, you're about to go get an MBA, and but yeah. you still don't know who you are. Yeah. That that's the key. So you're still trying to find yourself. So you still yeah. seeking out, but you kind of know what you love, but is it a reality? It is a it is a is it a realistic opportunity to go in that direction. Talk or walk us through yeah. that whole process because a lot of our listeners, a lot of people in the life are sitting on that edge of opportunity, but fear, doubt, uh 
relatives, cousins, <laughs> friends, will, will, will push you in the direction of what they feel is safe. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, you know this because you're, you're successful. I think it's the long game, right? I, the, the funny thing about a dream, man, and that it, it can be the thing that, that motivates you, it, but it can also be the thing that discourages you. Because right. the dream is so far out of reach, it's so different from your uh, present reality that it can be overwhelming. I think the key is to to have the, the, the vision in mind, but, you know, to really be faithful day to day. And right. so for me, you know, I think the reason I didn't really know what I wanted to do, because I, like, it was in my heart, but it was like, man, I have no idea how to get there. So let me just kind of go and do something familiar uh, and do something that's safe. And I think that's where most people land. It's like, let me do what's safe and um, that, that I can kind of figure my own plan out for. But but God doesn't operate like that, man. God is not a God of, of like, safe places. He's a God of, that requires our faith. And faith is risky. And so it, and faith, the beauty of faith, if I had to simplify what faith is, the beauty of faith is that it requires God. Like, that's simply it. If you can do anything in your own strength, you don't need faith to do it. Right. Faith is anything that requires, like, man, I don't know how <laughs> I'm going to do this. I ain't got no money. I ain't got no connections. I'm just out here. That's what faith looks like. Right, right. And so that's what that's what I had to apply to my life. Well, my, my friend, well, you, wrote, you held on to the faith, which is a firm belief, and then you drove past doubters, and then somebody encourage you because that's i would tell people those are mentors i call them bumpers in life people people, yeah. people bump you and i yeah. say because people bump me when i was about to steer left and they, they said no 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 Rashawn, your talents are really over here trust your talents trust the ability that god is telling you that you can grow that you can win with and that's really what this whole conversation is about that we're talking about but it was but i also want yeah. to transition i want to stay on that music because especially 2019 because it was yeah. it was three videos that I tracked this year that really, really, really allowed me to see the, the diverse audience brand of um, Travis Green. Let's let's go with that yeah. one that came out in April. Okay, nothing but the blood. Oh wow! Yeah, <laughs> um, that's crazy. Uh, my yeah, man. You really did do your homework. <laughs> come on, come, 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 come on, Travis, Travis, come on here. I, I, what I'm not gonna do on this show, money making conversation, is, is fool somebody. Cause I I don't play no music. I don't have no music to hide. You know what I'm saying. So I better start talking because I want you for twenty minutes. Okay. So now, where was that? Where was that video shot at? Man, that was at uh, Liberty University, man. That was at <laughs> Liberty in um in in Lynchburg, Virginia, and it was crazy, man. I mean, talking. I don't know. It's probably fifteen thousand people. You know, uh, students. It was just crazy, um, crazy energy and uh. A ton of people got saved and, and got freed. Um, dealt a lot with like emotional and mental um, issues, and right. a lot of the students got healed from that stuff. So it was it was crazy, man. It was a good, it was a great vibe. I'm talking to Travis Green. Uh, we're discussing not only his latest album, which is coming out uh, November 1st. That's a Friday. Music drops on Fridays, uh, but also the record, that album we call Broken Record. Um, we talk about music that I, that has affected me over the years, especially this year. And watching these three videos, and I, 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 I had to bring them out because of uh, nothing but the blood, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, won't let go, and uh, good in love. Mm -hmm. You know, to me, 
And then just seeing the transformation, then, then seeing you on stage with Stephanie and that, that environment and looking at the audience, what is the future of your brand and your music? Because it's related, relatable to me. I'm old school, okay? It's relatable to a diverse audience. Your, your band's 100% African-American, as what I can see. So what, what is the future of your brand, my man? Well, actually, actually, no one in my band is African-American. Okay. <laughs> so they, they're black. You know, some of them are black, but all of them are international. Oh, one, my drummer is. Okay, my cool. Okay, Baltimore. cool. Okay, 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 Trevor, you got me on the color. You got me on the color. Okay. Yeah, yeah. My drummer is <laughs> from Baltimore, but my, my bass player is Jamaican. Okay. My keyboard player is Haitian. Okay. My, one guitar player is Haitian, and the other one is uh, from the Philippines. So pretty diverse uh, uh, group of people. They they look black, but they're from all over the world. We Absolutely. Well, I think, which, I, which I think helps you in your whole uh, yeah. sound, in your whole sound. It's not restricted. It's very open. Kind of, yeah, for sure. You know, it almost gives me that Bob Marley type uh, uh, feel that Bob Marley, when he came, you know, and then he just blew yeah. up and he became so diverse because that music was so international. And I'm just saying, man, and hearing your sound, and it's, you know, it's, you know, you have R&B music, okay? Then you have, then, 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 then you have Neo Soul came out. And then, but you're doing, and then you have gospel, you have, you know, you have, you have a strict Bible thumping gospel, and then you have gospel that, you know, that became transformed with Kurt Franklin and, uh, and other artists, you know, Donnie McClurkin, uh, you know, Yolanda Adams, a lot of great, and a lot of new, new artists today, you know, and then I'm looking at your sound. I, I asked you again, and, 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 if you, and that's why I said from a, from a responsive standpoint, I came across Hootie and the Blowfish, Darius Rucker, as an artist that has transcended, I feel, success in music across the board internationally. And we're not talking about Michael Jackson. That's a whole different conversation. We're talking about yeah. music that, that, that is relatable, that he's just singing. He's just going on stage, pulling out that guitar and starting to sing. And that's what you're doing, my man. And I feel that special, man. And, and I, I just wanted to bring you on the show to tell you that. Any comments on that? I hope I'm, I hope I'm making you feel good. <laughs> Bro, yeah, you you killing me, man. This is crazy, you know, hearing from you. I, um, man, I just want to make impact, you know, and at the same time, I want to be true to who I am and true and honest, you know, and I think that's what people are connecting with, really, the, the authenticity, man, you know, by, like, who I am and a diverse dude because I grew up kind of on both sides of the tracks, and um, that's just kind of my life. So, um, I love people, man, I, I, and I just want to connect with them. So it's not gimmicky. I ain't trying to do something. I just, I'm just being true to who I am, and I think people are, are clicking with it. So it, well, it's I, cool, I, man. It's just I just want to make I'm sure. Got, you know, I'm down with I want to just say this to everybody on the phone that, you know, Rashawn McDonald's not a bandwagon guy. Travis Green. He's just fine, Travis. I've been listening to Travis Green all, right. all the way back to 2017. It'll make a way. Yes, sir. I appreciate you coming on my show, Money Making Conversation. Um, I just want to spread my your brand to my audience. It's a show about entrepreneurship. It's a show about faith. It's a show about understanding that sure. you too can be successful. And my man, keep being successful and keep supporting who you are and delivering the message to everybody. Thank you, Travis. No, no doubt, man. Much love, Money Maker. <laughs> Thank you. Guess why crime rates spike on Halloween? Yep. Thieves and burglars know you're out and your home is vulnerable. 
This Halloween trick-or-treat with peace of mind knowing that you can watch your home with Blink Home Security Cameras. Blink cameras are wire-free and set up faster than you can rip off your kid's candy. And they run on two lithium batteries for up to two years. When your camera detects motion, like someone snooping around your home, you get an alert on your Blink smartphone app. You see what your Blink cameras see, and your Blink X-T2 two-way talk feature lets you talk to whoever is out there snooping around your home or just coming up to your home. So, no matter what you see or where you at, it's like you are at home. And now, through November 3rd, I got you up to 20% off Blink indoor and outdoor cameras and systems. Yeah, 20% off. Just visit BlinkProtect.com slash sale. That's BlinkProtect.com slash sale. Thanks to Blink, home security and Halloween just got easier. Also available on Amazon and other fine retailers. Blink is an Amazon company and it works with Alexa. Hi, this is Rashawn McDonald, and you're listening to Money Making Conversation. I'm the host of this show, the fastest growing podcast in the, the world. I'm going to put the world out there. I could just say in the digital space. Each Money Making Conversation radio talk show or podcast is about entrepreneurship and entertainment. I provide the consumer and business owner of access to celebrities, CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. They, in turn, meaning the guests that I interview, deliver information about career planning, motivation, financial literacy, and how they lead a balanced life. My next guest is on the phone. She is a producer with a strong music background and director, known for the remix Hip Hop Times Fashion, which is this year her newest project. Also has worked on Precious, which is a 2009 project, and The Woodsman, which is a 2004 project. The next project that she's on the phone to talk about is The Apollo. We're talking about the famous Apollo in Harlem. The Apollo weaves together archival footage of music, comedy, and dance performances with behind-the-scenes footage of the team that makes the theater run. The film features interviews with such artists as Angela Bassett, Common, Jamie Foxx, Dougie Fresh, Patti LaBelle, Paul McCartney, Smokey Robinson, and Pharrell. The Apollo debates Wednesday, November 6th, so you have to watch it. The documentary on HBO. Got to watch it on HBO. Debates Wednesday, November 6th. It's also available on HBO Now, HBO Go, and HBO On Demand. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations. It's the first time we've, we've spoken, and I'm happy there will be many, many conversations in the, in the future. Please welcome to the show, Lisa Cortez. Thank you very much. <laughs> How you doing, Lisa? I am Gucci good, as we say in Harlem. Well, you know, uh, the thing about Lisa, this is the first time we've talked. Um, I always like to everybody kind of get a sense of who I am interviewing. Uh, I get credits, and sometimes the credits are narrowed down to the project that I'm speaking of. Can you give us a little bit more about your background before you really got into the film and television side of your career? Uh, yeah, I, I was very lucky to... Uh, start my professional career working at Def Jam and Rush in the golden age of hip-hop. And from there, I went on to Mercury Records with Ed Eckstein and then ultimately had my own label at Polygram called Loose Cannon Records. Um, <laughs> after a certain time, I think as I saw the changes that was happening in the uh, music business in the late 90s, Ooh, long time ago, uh, I decided I wanted to start making films because I saw that the power of cinema could travel all over the world and that a picture was truly worth a thousand words. And um, after going back to film school and kind of, you know, starting from the ground up again, I ended up working with Lee Daniels and was his producing partner for 10 years. Wow. 
And so let me ask you this. Now, the Apollo. The, now, my background, just to let everybody know, I'm a former stand-up comic um, at a comedy club in Houston, Texas called the Hip Hop Comedy Stop. I used to funnel talent to the amateur night. One of the famous features of the Apollo is amateur night. And they would tape the show, and they'd be a part of the show. They would come down, and they would screen talent. So I'll just say that, Lisa, is that I'm, I'm excited to interview you because I feel like I'm a part of the history that you're talking about on this show because it, it expands 85 years. That's a lot to talk about in a documentary. Oh, yeah. and But the thing about what our director, Roger Ross Williams, has done is he's made those 85 years not only go by so quickly, but to evoke memories that we all have. Everybody's got a connection to the Apollo. If you've been there, if you've watched Showtime, if you have listened to great artists who were given their start there. And so the history goes by so quickly, but we also talk about temporary stories of what is happening at the Apollo. So this documentary is not a museum piece. It is very much alive. When you say that, let's let's talk about, uh, let's share a little bit more detail about the direction, the vision, and telling the story. Because you're saying that, see, when I, because I would have an approach, I would do a, a Apollo about all the all the great hosts that were there with Showtime at the Apollo, but Whoopi Goldberg was host, Rick Avilas. When I was moved to New York in 88, Rick Avilas was the host at the time for Showtime at the Apollo, then Martin Lawrence, Sinbad, and then when Sinbad left, then Steve Harvey took over. Monique took over, Kid Reed, Anthony Anderson. Through that whole concert was my girl Kiki Shepard. She was always out there. She was the original. I like to call it Vanna White. Before Vanna White, it was always Kiki Shepard. That's a part of the story. But you're not delving so much in that part of the story. You're telling how the process worked at the Apollo and the interviewing people involved? Well, we tell the history of the Apollo as a very important place for the souls of black folks. It was a place that, you know, at the top of the circuit that welcomed us as performers when other venues did not. It was the place, uh, you know, where dreams are born. And so the documentary is about great moments, like Billie Holiday performing Strange Fruit there. It is a story, it's the stories of Patti LaBelle talking about what it was to be a black woman on the road in a segregated America and what Mm -hmm. it meant to arrive Mm -hmm. at the Apollo and what she and the Bluebells learned there. So it is great moments in Apollo history, Mm -hmm. but it's also the, it's political. It is the intersection of how we as black folks use our art to take, to lift ourselves out of oppression, but also our art is coded with information on resilience and survival. And so the documentary is, you know, it's clips of performers. It is, you know, when we talk about amateur night, we interviewed Miss Eva. And I think you remember Miss Eva was the lady who sat in the front row Come and on now. hug up on everybody. Come on now. You know, and we talked to, um, you know, Billy Mitchell, the, the resident historian, and Joe Gray, you know, the head of stage, who's also the set it off man. We, you know, we're looking at the people who work at the Apollo because they're as important to the story as the artists who've graced the stage. In addition to politicians like, you know, uh, 
Charles Rangel, who, Mm -hmm. you know, went there as a young man. So, uh, and Paul McCartney, who said, you know, coming to America, that's the first place the Beatles wanted to go. (laughs) Right, right. You know, the Apollo is the crossroads. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, it's really interesting when I, because, you know, I've walked in Apollo, you know, first of all, it's it's bigger than life. Because if you walk in, you go, okay, this is how big it really is. But that doesn't mean that, but the process of getting on that stage it was really interesting. You 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 have the you have the audience, but when you walk on that stage and you look at the audience, it's almost overwhelming because there's so much history that comes. I've seen Prince on stage there, you know, do mm-hmm. his thing. I, you know, you know, uh, uh, James Brown recorded a live album at the Apollo that became one of his biggest sellers. And uh, mm-hmm. now the, the the one of the parts of the Apollo that stood out the most was Amateur Night. And I, the reason I say that is that. How important was Amateur Night to the history of the Apollo venue? Amateur Night is so important. You know, 1934, the theater opens. 1934, Ella Fitzgerald is at Amateur Night. That that just goes to show you the (laughs) scope of and depth of the talent that was given an opportunity there. Amateur night is also interesting because the first time, you know, Lauren Hill performed as a young girl, she was booed off the stage. What is unique about the Apollo is that the audience is in on it. The audience and the performer have a unique conversation because the Apollo is church. And so there's very few places that you that entertainment venues that you're going to have the kind of call and response between the performer and the audience in the way that you do at the Apollo. Well, you know, it's really important that you say that. Let, let me read something about the Apollo has ser- served as a launch pad for such legendary talents. Like you mentioned, Billie Holiday, Aretha Franklin, like you just mentioned, Ella Fitzgerald, the Supreme, Stevie Wonder, Jimi Hendrix, Smokey Robinson, Ray Charles. Patty LaBelle, who's being interviewed in the uh, documentary, showcased comedians such as Red Fox, Dick Gregory, Dick Gregory, Richard Pryor, the great, incredible uh, Moms Maley. I hope somebody does a, a movie on her one day, Moms Maley, incredible actor Jamie Foxx. And you interviewed Jamie Foxx in the documentary, Yes, correct? we did. Mm-hmm. Talk, mm-hmm. talk to us about that. We also have clips from Moms Mabley and Dick Gregory and Richard Pryor mm-hmm. and Chris Rock. Um, you know, that speak to the unique connection that comedians had with the theater, but also what it is, how we use comedy um, in a very unique way. Right. Now, the interesting thing about it, are you able to talk about the origin of the booing? Yes, we, we talk about <laughs> the boo. <laughs> because they're not, that, that right there, Miss Eva was, was awesome, but the booing... It's what what what, what separated uh, the talent from the wannabe talent. That would that's what you walked on stage with this with this fear that you can be rejected massively by a room full of people, which can crush some people or just make them determined to come back and show these people that I'm better than what you think that that I am. So talk to talk to us about the origin of the boo. Well, you know, I mean, we. Um the power of the boo is something that 
is uh, we mm. spend some time with, and I want to talk too much because I want people to see the Oh, absolutely, 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 absolutely. Uh, but we definitely get into the power of the boo and the place that it has played with artists. Right. Um, even Jamie Foxx talks about, you know, his experience there. My friend, uh, first of all, you, you know you have love on this show. You're an exciting talent. You're very creative. With your music background and now you're in the film, you can only keep winning. Again, thank you for coming on Money Making Conversation. Thank you, Lisa Cortez. Thank you. Guess why crime rates spike on Halloween? Yep, thieves and burglars know you're out and your home is vulnerable. This Halloween trick-or-treat with peace of mind knowing that you can watch your home with Blink Home Security Cameras. Blink cameras are wire-free and set up faster than you can rip off your kid's candy. And they run on two lithium batteries for up to two years. When your camera detects motion, like someone snooping around your home, you get an alert on your Blink smartphone app. You see what your Blink cameras see, and your Blink X-T2 two-way talk feature lets you talk to whoever is out there snooping around your home or just coming up to your home. So, no matter what you see or where you at, it's like you are at home. And now, through November 3rd, I got you up to 20% off Blink indoor and outdoor cameras and systems. Yeah, 20% off. Just visit BlinkProtect.com slash sale. That's BlinkProtect.com slash sale. Thanks to Blink, home security and Halloween just got easier. Also available on Amazon and other fine retailers. Blink is an Amazon company and it works with Alexa. Money Making Conversations continues online at www.moneymakingconversations.com and follow Money Making Conversations on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. My next guest is a proud HBCU grad. She's earned the title Wealth Pioneer. She's the founder of the Wealth Factory. At the Wealth Factory, their mission is to reduce poverty by, by providing equal access to quality, easy to understand financial literacy across the world. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations, Angel Rich. Hey, hey, hey. Thanks for having me today. Well, well thank you for getting on the call today. And first of all, uh, where are you at in this uh, early daytime hour? Yes, um, I'm in the beautiful capital of Washington, D.C., my uh, home city where I'm fourth generation. So always happy to be back into the city. Just well, got back from New York last night. Okay, good. So what is what is a typical day? Because I want one of the people to understand who you are. We're going to go through a story. I have two breaks. And, uh, you know, I'm fascinated by my degree is in mathematics. So, you know, you you know, what you're doing is way beyond what I'm doing now because I, I got into script writing, I got into sitcom, I got into producing talent. So I left all my algorithm life behind other than just <laughs> counting money, okay? And you stayed in that lane and you and you blossomed in that lane. So explain to everybody what exactly you do. Yes, yeah, so our company, Wealthy Life, designs financial literacy, education, technology, games. We walk people from birth to retirement through 12 interactive modules to exceed the personal finance common core standards. Mm -hmm. We also use these games to be able to collect and disseminate financial information. Right. The first game that we have is called Credit Stacker. Right. It's similar to Candy Crush, except for swapping around candy, you swap (laughs) around credit types to pay off your debt, achieve Mm -hmm. a high credit score, and learn from the multiple choice questions. Now that's now what what 
with that being said, because you named a very popular game, and like I said, what is the what is the reaction to you trying to educate? Because it's education, right? That you're trying to push here, let people know how to control their money, how to grow their money, how to stay. Uh, I guess want to say financially stable, correct? Yeah, so it's been doing very well. We mm-hmm. were able to scale to over 200,000 downloads during our first 10 days. We now have over 400,000 downloads. It's the number one education app in 14 countries. It's top five in 40 countries, and it's been named the best financial literacy product in the country by the White House Department of Education, J.P. Morgan Chase. No. And we're happy to be a member of the top 50 apps department as well with Google as they have identified it as one of the top 10 apps in the world for the past three years. Now, that now that's all amazing. Now, here, a lot of people get on my show talking about dropping apps, trying to get apps out there, trying to get information. How does one, or is it through relationships or your reputation, how does one drop an app? Get the, do you, do you promote it do, through social media? How does that happen, Angel? Well, you know, honestly, we didn't have any of that. I was you know, I'm still a regular person, but at the time... Just no, you're not. No, regular, you're not. No, you're not. Stop that. Stop a regular Angel. person. No, yeah, no, Angel, and, Angel, um, Angel, you're not a regular person. Oh, no, you're not. <laughs> See, what you're not going to do is come on Money Made Conversation and act like I talk to regular people. No. No, you're special. I was a regular person when I dropped it. And, um, and I, <laughs> I sat back in my, um, in my office and uh-huh. I asked myself, how was we going to be able to scale this right. without any funding? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I kind of put the mathematical statistician hat on. Okay. And we okay. designed an algorithm. Um, mm-hmm. So we reverse engineered Facebook, Instagram, and Google. And we came up with our own algorithm for user acquisition of the ads. And we did something um historic and groundbreaking. So our algorithm actually now outperforms Google by 7.5 times and Facebook by 12.5 times. There is no system that can advertise to me that can um, attract users better than what we're already doing. And we actually had Google call and tell us this and Mm -hmm. confirm this. We we knew we were doing something amazing, Mm -hmm. but when Google called and told us that they've never seen anything like it, um, we really knew we were owning something. So we've actually kind of fleshed that out into an algorithm on its own that we call Rich CPI, and we're working with other companies to now help them be able to scale their products. Now, you need to be working with Rashawn McDonald. Now, how does Rashawn <laughs> McDonald get in the angel rich business? I'm very serious because I was sitting with my staff this morning talking about algorithms. There are special people that that's what they do because they, they understand this new form of marketing this new form of branding this new form of being able to target the audience that you're that you're communicating with how does an individual or, or i guess I, I guess you couldn't say i'm an individual i'm a company will be able to take my brand and, and walking into the front door to sit down and have a meeting with you or your team how does that work yes yeah, so you would email us at info at get wealthy write that down y'all write that down now write that down now She's, okay I'm again i'm gonna say if uh info mm-hmm. at um, Jesus, info at com. Okay, cool. And um, it's very important to email us. A lot of people try to DM, LinkedIn, Facebook message, text me, mm-hmm. all different types of things. Mm-hmm. But I really only take you seriously if you email me. Okay. And so um, LinkedIn is, is a great way to, to, to get to me, you know. 
Yeah, I see um, your LinkedIn. You I saw your LinkedIn. I watched your LinkedIn and read about you there too. I'm on LinkedIn yeah. too, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that is, that is a great way to get to me. But the most efficient way of getting to the entire team and everyone is info at getwealthoflife.com. Now, when that happens, someone's going to contact me back and we're going to set up a meeting with a team member or I'm going to be elevated to talk to just you. How does this work? Yes, yeah, so it depends on the size of um, of your of your deal. Um, is right now we definitely are trying to look for a higher level clients. If, if AT and T or Johnson Johnson calls, obviously I'm going to get on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Rashawn, like, yeah, I love talking to Angel. She go, I'm gonna just tell you where you where you at with my time, Rashawn. Johnson and Johnson call. No, no, no. Rashawn McDonald call. Uh, Put him on hold. Tell him I love him. But we'll be right back with him. Okay, where's AT&T at? Come on, let's talk now. Because that's really that's really what it's all about. But but because you, you've discovered something, and I, I don't want to I don't want to blow past this whole concept of of what you guys created. You know, with this algorithm, I'm, I'm assuming that it was a team of you. Or was it you and a friend? Or how did that whole concept come about? Because when I when I sit down and I and I and I think about those things, because with my mathematic background, there's certain logic that comes to comes to about the way I think. How does one go about with your team, or uh, or you felt you know, there's no different than Steve Jobs sitting down or Bill Gates sitting down? These are visionary people. I have to say you're a visionary person because you come up with something that even Google has called about. So how does that start, Angel? Okay, so I'll answer that question in reverse. Um, We have three pieces of intellectual property sort of wrapped into the game. Okay. Um, The first piece is the user acquisition algorithm, Rich CPI. Um, I did that solely by myself, and I've never showed it to another soul. Even my co-founder has never seen it. It's just like the Um, McDonald's secret sauce, right? Exactly. It's like the Mm Coca-Cola recipe. That's that's it. Unless somebody want to come along and buy Coca-Cola right now, you're not seeing the algorithm. There you go, girl. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I love it. Secondly, uh, we have an algorithm that actually helps people to systematically pay off their debt and raise their credit score. Um, we're going to release that in the next version of the game where we're going to be rounding up people's change to pay off their debt, uh, with debt that's on their credit report, and systematically increase their credit score. Now, that's so, that's something that's coming out now, right? Yeah, that's something that's coming out next. And then third, but, but let's but let's stop right there. Let's stop right there. Now, this is about this, this credit score because that's really big. Because I, I, I want to get to the other thing because that credit score is what stops so many people for some reason. Like even when I came out of high school many years ago, I always knew I needed to maintain my credit. You know, they, they weren't even talking about scores back then. It was just like got to have good credit, build your credit, get one credit card, then you go. Sears was like better than American Express when I was young. And then you get another, <laughs> That's true. you know, so then I got Montgomery Ward, which is closed now. So I was just building my credit. I went to see, I got my Sears. Then I got my Montgomery Ward card. Then I got my JC Penney card. Then I got my first Shell gas card. <laughs> oh, Jesus. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I had my Shell gas card. You know, that was, that was hard cars to get back in the day, you know. No, you're right, though. You're right. What is the future of finance? Because we were joking around about different things. And can you expound on that before we wrap everything up? <laughs> Well, first of all, you know, a theory that I've been toying with, and I started to write a paper on this just last night, I think we need to stop calling it the future of finance. Yes, ma'am. 
and call it the present day of money. Mm-hmm. Because I think with us keep referring to the future of finance, mm-hmm. people keep waiting for something to happen in the future. Right. And they're not thinking about the present day economy and the present day innovations that are happening right now before them in terms of mobile banking, investment options. You got Robinhood, you got Acorns, uh, you got different life insurance policies, you got uh, highest daily um, annuity policies out here. So there's so many things that's happening right now, right now. Mm -hmm. And a recession is coming in the next two years. Mm So I I would hate for people to keep thinking about the future of finance. And then next thing you know, they've they've, they've held on to their 800 credit score and they haven't purchased the different properties that they needed to, or they haven't set their 401k up um, efficiently to be prepared for this recession that's about to hit. So I really think that um, almost kind of like, you know, the what, what was the, the show called? Um, the futuristic show uh, with the robot and um, uh, mm-hmm. the Jetsons. So you were back. Oh, you were older than me. I can't believe it. I guess I'm throwing out Montgomery Wards and Sears. You just going to go back to Jetsons now. You know, you need to stop, Angel. I'm so tired of you. (laughs) So, you know, back in the day, that cartoon was supposed to be the future of technology in the world. Mm -hmm. Well, everything that existed in the Jetsons is here. Absolutely. So all of this stuff about the future of finance is here. Right. So I think that we, we need to pause and actually recognize that. Um, but yes, I believe that I, I believe the future is here where things are going. I think they're preparing us not to get too deep, but I think they're preparing us for another recession. Absolutely. The same way the last recession happened. All of a sudden, more housing became available, mm-hmm. more credit became available, interest Absolutely. rates were stable. All of the same, the same temperature of the market, the same pH balance of the economic climate is the same that's happening right now. So I would say that there is a recession coming in the next two years, and we need to be prepared for it. And I I, I agree with you. Uh, you know, different ways I approach money is, you know, finding fixed rates and in insurance policies, different ways you can protect yourself. And, uh, and But like I said, again, you know, when you listen to somebody talking about finance, you have to be careful how you talk because people hold you accountable, saying, you, well, you recommended it on your show, Rashawn. That's why I invested in this. Or they, or they take that advice and manipulate it. But more importantly, how can individuals reach out to your company? I know we, uh, if for advice, for, for, for business consulting. Please uh, tell us right now, Angel. Yes. Yeah, so first of all, you can email us at info at getwealthylife.com. We can help directly with your uh, financial situation as well as for your company or school needs. Um, we really kind of see ourselves as consultants that's helping with financial literacy on the individual or enterprise level. Um, we can also do it with your data analytics as well, because as we mentioned, we have the user acquisition algorithm. So we're trying to help you save and make money at the Wealth Factory. Um, additionally, we have a book uh, called History of the Black Dollar. Mm-hmm. If you want to kind of dive into the history of money um, a little bit further, uh, that's something that you can check out on Amazon.com. Mm-hmm. And then um, in about another month or so, we're going to actually finally release the Wealthy Life textbook. Uh, we have it drafted, and we're going to begin disseminating that out um, for individual purchase as well as schools for $99. Cool. Can you come back on the show uh, when it comes out so we can talk about it? Yeah, we, def- we definitely can. Um, um, 
Yeah, I'm going to release that soon in the next couple of weeks. That will okay. be out before Black Friday. Okay, cool. Uh, you're strong, and I appreciate you, respect you. And then guess what? Uh, you're coming back on my show, Angel Rich. She's she's a beast. She said the money's now. Spend it now. Think about it now, not the future. We'll be back with more Money Making Conversations. Guess why crime rates spike on Halloween? Yep, thieves and burglars know you're out and your home is vulnerable. This Halloween trick-or-treat with peace of mind knowing that you can watch your home with Blink Home Security Cameras. Blink cameras are wire-free and set up faster than you can rip off your kid's candy. And they run on two lithium batteries for up to two years. When your camera detects motion, like someone snooping around your home, you get an alert on your Blink smartphone app. You see what your Blink cameras see, and your Blink X-T2 two-way talk feature lets you talk to whoever is out there snooping around your home or just coming up to your home. So, no matter what you see or where you at, it's like you are at home. And now, through November 3rd, I got you up to 20% off Blink indoor and outdoor cameras and systems. Yeah, 20% off. Just visit BlinkProtect.com slash sale. That's BlinkProtect.com slash sale. Thanks to Blink, home security and Halloween just got easier. Also available on Amazon and other fine retailers. Blink is an Amazon company and it works with Alexa. Hi, this is Rashawn McDonald. And you're listening to Money Making Conversations. Money Making Conversations, your show. It's a show about entrepreneurship. It's a show about uh, entertainment. I fought entertainment for a long time because I didn't realize that entertainment was a form of uh, entrepreneurship, especially with social media. Social media, these individuals are, are really small businesses. If you have a social media platform, then you are being recognized as the person who's delivering the goods via social media. And so my next guest, she's right here. She's actually it's like you know doing social media on me right now, and we're gonna talk. That's gonna be my first question about social media. Is recognized as a 2019 Blossom Award recipient through the White Dress Project, a 2018 Ambassador of Change in Health and Wellness, a 2018 Boss Woman of the Year, Atlanta's Top 100 Women in Business, and having received the White House Drum Major of Service Award under President Barack Obama. She's a woman on a mission to change her life and the world around her. Her book, Breakthrough Sold Separately, debated number one in Amazon. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation. Could call her my daughter, could call her my, yeah. my lamentee, can call yes. her a lot of great things, and it's all positive. Yeah. Please welcome to the show, Brandy Harvey. Uh, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> it, it's, it feels surreal. Yeah, it feels a bit surreal to be here with you like Absolutely. this. Absolutely. Uh, so many years. Uh, so many years. You've known me since I was 17. Absolutely. Uh, going yeah. to college, Hampton, right? Hampton, then Ohio State, mm-hmm. pledging Delta. Absolutely. All the, all Leading the... Black Black Student Union yeah. campaign. <laughs> she was always this person. I got to change lives. I got to change lives. Absolutely. Now, uh, so you're up here, you know, social media. Yeah. Uh, just a funny story about her and her twin sister. Oh, uh, goodness. In the early stage, I want to say about 2007, they was they, they were struggling socially now. Yeah. You know? And um, <laughs> and I told them, I said, look, um, I give you I give you five thousand. I think it's like five thousand dollars. If y'all can just get to five thousand followers, five thousand, and gave us a book, yes! gave us this yellow social media one hundred ways or something to up your social media game, uh-huh. something like that, and we failed miserably. Miserably. <laughs> I mean, they actually walked away from me. They actually stopped talking to me. You know, they, they tried a little bit. You know, they tried a little bit. They tried. We failed. We failed miserably. It was not our calling then. Now, what is your social media numbers now, my friend? So, uh, 
on Beyond Her, I'm at over 20,000 followers for my active wellness brand. And then for my personal, I am Brandy Harvey on Instagram. I have over 130,000 Instagram followers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 138,000 Instagram, Instagram followers. Yeah. Okay. That's, yeah. that's called brand growth. That is definitely brand growth because I remember when I had one. So. From a person who stopped talking to me about her social media You growth. know, you put so much pressure on us in the office. Absolutely. I remember it. It was Carly and I. It was it was some other people, Patrice, Ishini. You put a lot of pressure on us during that time for social. It, actually, it was, it was great because I didn't really uh, believe in social at the time. You so didn't. I, I didn't. You didn't. I, I launched it for your dad. And I remember you ran his social yeah. media campaign. When we first Tracy did the, it. yeah, mm-hmm. before. Got it up to like 50,000. Yeah. Sean, this really is not me. It's not me. It's not me. I don't want to do that. And that's what this book is about. This book is about you can do a lot of things good, but that doesn't necessarily mean that's for long term that's going to make you happy. No. I'm going to fulfill your dreams. And more importantly, it may not be your calling. No. Tell us why you wrote the book. Because that was one of the main takeaways that I got from the book. (laughs) You know, why I wrote this book is because I wanted to, you know, I'm a teacher. Absolutely. At my heart, at my Mm -hmm. core. And I wanted to teach other women how to break free in their lives, Mm -hmm. to have their own breakthrough, to jump over the hurdle of being unstuck, of staying with the victim story that's Mm -hmm. kept you stuck for so long. Mm -hmm. I wanted to help women break free from the food bondage, you know, because so many of us are stuck eating and drinking ourselves into like a coma every Mm -hmm. single day trying Mm -hmm. to suppress the emotions. And so, (laughs) and then spiritually, Mm -hmm. I think so many black women in particular have been, you know, um, really hurt by the church, been hurt by religion. Right. And so I wanted to have this book offer up a piece for you to find that inner spirit. Mm -hmm. Because when you find that inner will, you know, it, you, you can move forward in your life. Now, when you say move forward in your life, what does that mean? Because it means a lot to a lot of different people. I just wanted to find the, the, yeah. the, the words that you're trying to emote from your book. You know, when I, when I sat down to write the book, you know, I started the book because I was fired. And I right. opened the book telling the story of About being fired from my dad's yes. um, foundation. And Steve so, <laughs> now most people are My like blown away. Like, how do you get fired from your dad? Right. Mm-hmm. And I was fired, and I knew that I was not living up to my highest calling and potential. I knew that there was so much more that I wanted to do with my life mm-hmm. and be of service to other people. Um, and I think that was a moment for me that I had to get unstuck and move forward because so many. Well, let me just talk about. Let me just break because I, I I was there for a, a, this run, yeah this run. yeah and and we had many conversations in in my office yeah lunchtime yeah. because you you were really conflicted about you know divinity going, yeah. going in that direction going to theology you, school yeah, yeah. We, we had to, and I was looking at spirituality really. Really? Because I hear this conversation, and then and then also the whole aspect of prospect of running the foundation. You know, we did the camps in Dallas, yeah. which eventually yeah. moved to Atlanta. They, those are things you were just good at. That's yeah. what I was just talking about. You were just talented. Yeah. It was a passion that you believed in, yeah. but that wasn't your passion. No. And so, and so I always felt that any advice I gave you really would have been confusing because of the fact that even though you, you spoke these words, all you're very articulate, you're very prominent in your tone, 
That doesn't mean that's what you wanted to do. No. And so, so when I when I hear the fact that you know you were terminated as the executive director of the foundation, that doesn't shock me because we had these conversations. Right. And right. so all along, at certain times, I, I was saying. People who get fired are just waiting for you to do their do your job. <laughs> yeah. And so all you do is just wait. And, but what we don't want to do is yeah. get hear the yeah. words. Yeah, you know, we don't. We, we don't want to hear the words. We don't. But way back when. You knew it was coming. We knew it was coming. <laughs> you had all, all the signs were there. <laughs> yes. All yeah. the signs uh, of know, this is not working. Frustration, complaining. Yeah. yeah. Uh, of motivation. You're begrudgingly doing your work. Yes. You're planning other things during those people's time. Yes. You know, you're yes. using those people's cubicles and com- computers for, to plan your weekend. I, I, absolutely. <laughs> I, and that's, that's, why I, that's why I thought that whole portion yeah. of the idea of you opening the book talking about determination part. And there were some personal things that you talk about. But believe me, that's happening every day yes. in America. Yes, absolutely. People are going to work. Yeah. Um. What you doing over there? Uh, 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 long breaks. Yeah. Uh, t- tying up other employees' time with conversation <laughs> that means nothing yeah. to moving yeah. the company yeah. forward. And then you there going, I want, I want to confront the issue. That's what I loved about you. Yeah. Here you are in the wrong. You know, in the all the time in the wrong. But you confronting <laughs> the issue. You tell me why I'm fired. Well, well, well. You kind of know, <laughs> but you yeah. Act- and that's that. Uh, and so I, so I, 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 I found it humorous. Because I know people do this all the time. Yeah. That, but not like you. Yeah. But not like you. You you want to hear the words come out. Yeah, and I think that's what so many of us do. We don't understand <laughs> it. We've we've had the moment of closure. Right, right. But we need to no, I need to hear it. I need yes. to you know, give me yes. what I'm looking for. No, the closure's already happened. Right, right. And right. so many times we miss out on the things that we're supposed to do with our lives. Right. Because we're waiting for someone to give us an answer to the why. Right. You know? Right. When we should just move on. But here's the funny part about it. When you eventually get the why. Then yeah. it's more conversation. It's more conversation. It's more conversation. And so, so that's why I was fascinated, and I found uh, your book, I feel, is a must-read. And you. I think it's a must-read because I, and I see another version because I feel that when you do all these interviews, like interviews with me, you see how expansive it is yeah. as far as uh, in the corporate world, yeah, in the small business world, because we're dealing with employees and we're dealing with poor decisions as we make as owners, as supervisors, as managers. Because of the fact that what you did personally is what every employee is doing in America. Yeah. They're in denial about them being the real problem. Yeah. In fact, instead, you could have resolved everybody's problem if you just say, I resign. <laughs> Absolutely. But you didn't want to do that. I didn't want to do that. And don't we want to hold on to things when they're no longer serving us, they no longer fit us, right. they no longer are a part of our space. But right. We want to hold on to them because we are afraid. Right. We're afraid to get out of the boat of mediocrity and walk on water. Okay, so how did the title come about? And I love the walk on water part. Yeah. Because the reason I like that because it's, it's, it feels impossible. Yeah. You know, and that's part, you know, from from the Bible. You yeah, know, it's, it was definitely a spiritual undertone to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I came up with it. You know, I actually did this message um, back at a retreat in mm-hmm. Arizona. Mm-hmm. I was speaking at a wellness retreat mm-hmm. and I was trying to, you know, come like with what the message was going to be because right. I was a closing <laughs> keynote. Mm-hmm. And um, it really just, headliner. Headliner. I was headlining. Okay. You know, just like your dad, headliner. headliner. I, okay. I am. I come from a line <laughs> of headliners, you know? And so I was, I, I was trying to figure out what I was going to talk about. Mm-hmm. And it was so many things physically that were happening to me during that time. But 
I remember just coming out of meditation and I was quiet and I started thinking about like batteries being sold separately, right? Mm-hmm. Like when you, the words Christmas would mm-hmm. be like for parents when right. you, mm-hmm. you buy the gift mm-hmm. and then there's no batteries included. Mm-hmm. And so the toys just sitting there. Right. Mm-hmm. But then I started thinking about like how people come to retreats and conferences right. and they come to retreats and conferences and they think that the breakthrough is going to be included. Right. That mm-hmm. I pay, f- I pay for the ticket. Mm-hmm. I pay to get here. And now the, you're supposed to give me the breakthrough. The breakthrough is supposed to happen, mm-hmm. but that's so separate. Mm-hmm. That's not included. And so in order to get the breakthrough in your life, you're going to have to test your faith. Brandy Harvey, <laughs> I, believe me, I will be talking to some people for you. Oh, look at, look and, at, I'm at the right person. Yeah, look, you know, I'm, I'm going to have you manage me. You what know, what you know, the heck? I'm, I'm just letting you know uh, I'm so impressed with you. Thank you for coming on Money Making Conversations. And, uh, that means so much to me. You, you will have so a podcast. Much to me from Thank you. you. I appreciate you. Thank you, Brandy. Thank you. More Money Making Conversations coming up. Bye bye. Guess what? Crime rate spike on Halloween. Yep. Thieves and burglars know you're out and your home is vulnerable. This Halloween trick-or-treat with peace of mind knowing that you can watch your home with Blink Home Security Cameras. Blink cameras are wire-free and set up faster than you can rip off your kid's candy. And they run on two lithium batteries for up to two years. When your camera detects motion, like someone snooping around your home, you get an alert on your Blink smartphone app. You see what your Blink cameras see and your Blink X-T2 two-way talk feature lets you talk to whoever is out there snooping around your home or just coming up to your home. So no matter what you see or where you at, it's like you are at home. And now through November 3rd, I got you up to 20% off Blink indoor and outdoor cameras and systems. Yeah, 20% off. Just visit BlinkProtect.com slash sale. That's BlinkProtect.com slash sale. Thanks to Blink, home security and Halloween just got easier. Also available on Amazon and other fine retailers. Blink is an Amazon company and it works with Alexa. Money Making Conversations continues online at www.moneymakingconversations.com and follow Money Making Conversations on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.